0: All right, Hamilton, live on Eight February twenty-second through March fifth. Chance to snake out of the office for an afternoon matinee, Thursday, February 23rd. When you register to win at ksgf.com, mark your calendars, and uh, you can get more information uh, about the uh, number of performances and so forth there. So if you don't win, you can always purchase yourself tickets. Uh, That is for Hamilton at Juanita K. Coming up just a couple of weeks, your chance to win tickets at ksgf.com. Well, if you had told me what's the one ride that will never shut down at Dollar City, I know. I would have said fire in the hole. Yeah, I just can't. I listen. I know. Right? Yeah. You, know, you have new development. It could not, I imagine, have been an easy decision to make because surely you're going to hear from people locally more than uh, uh, probably outside the the local area. But it's just uh, to me, it, along with the cave, it's one of the things that is synonymous with Silver Dollar City. Yeah, I wonder if people will do like some sort of online petition to save a Fire in the Hole or to move it.
1: I'm not because, sure. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people that were not happy with that.
0: Well, sure. If you've been going to Silver Dollar City your whole right. life, that's that is part of it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there's some dark history to it that it's always fun to tell kids about in line right before you get on the ride mm-hmm. uh but um yeah I, i'm wondering it, it sounds like what they have I mean this is what they said um that there it's going to be a new ride that will be there um, but yeah, I wonder if people are going to say, "Well, can't you just move it? Can't you just like rebuild it uh, somewhere else in the park?" And I'm sure these are all things that were talked about and discussed. And uh, but man, I just I if that that would be the one ride I thought would never ever go away. Was that not the first ride there? I don't know. It's I'm been there sure. 51 years. Fifty fifty one years, I think. Um, I I want to say it. I I believe. It is. I, I, I. That's the assumption that I've always been under. Um, other than maybe the... No, I think... It-
1: well, the official, like, the first ride mm. was the Frisco Silver Dollar line. Oh, with a yeah, train,
0: yeah, yeah. right. Well, we saw what happened with that last yeah, season. Yeah,
1: clearly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> clearly a death trap. No, I'm kidding, obviously. Um, i got to really get that out there. Just kidding. We love SDC. We... Uh, Season pass holders, you haven't gotten her season passes this year uh yet, but um, yeah, that's we haven't told the girl child yet last night, my wife she goes, did you tell her I said no, I haven't told her or she asked if she knew I said uh no i don't I don't know if she knows or not, but um Just have to break it to her gently, I suppose. Nikki Haley announcing officially that she is running for president of the United States. We'll have that here in just moments. Uh, Jason Ryma with the latest news update.
2: Missouri lawmakers considering a proposal that would help reduce the state's prison population by allowing what's called good time credit for inmates. That credit would be subtracted from inmates' overall sentence. The bill would allow 60 days credit for any inmate who earns a degree while in prison Inmates could also complete a substance abuse treatment program or 1,000 hours of restorative justice. Police investigating after a body was found in southwest Springfield on Monday. The body was found near a wooded area on Kansas, north of Sunshine. Staff members from Ark of the Ozarks found the body and called 911. Silver Dollar City is about to retire one of its most iconic rides. This will be the final season for Silver Dollar City's Fire in the Hole roller coaster ride. No official word has been released on what will replace it. That's Matt Moyer reporting. Fire in the Hole opened in 1972. And Chiefs Kingdom plans to celebrate Kansas City's Super Bowl win by painting the town red in a victory parade Wednesday. It starts at noon with a rally to follow at Union Station. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk, 1041.
0: First alert forecast, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Wind advisory through tomorrow morning. Rain today, high of 58, windy tonight, 40, 70, and sunny tomorrow. Then Thursday, cold front coming in, 37, the high. Friday, a bit warmer with a high of 42. All right, Nikki Haley announces presidential campaign. It's time for a new generation of leadership. Former South Carolina Governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley announced today that she is running for president, seeking the Republican nomination for the 2024 election. I I wonder if the media is going to make a big deal out of the fact that she's the first – I I don't know, is she the first – well, I was going to say woman of color to run for president. Kamala, Kamala never made it to the first primary. But we did hear a lot about her being a person of color. I wonder if Nikki Haley will also get that same sort of gushing treatment. I suspect she will not. In a video message posted on Twitter, Haley touted her record as South Carolina's governor while looking to the future and the needs of the country, saying it's time for a new generation of leadership. Haley identified numerous threats facing the country from the socialist left to Russia and China, warning that there are those who see the United States as vulnerable, quote, they all think we can be bullied, kicked around, you should know this about me, I don't put up with bullies, and when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. Haley joins former President Donald Trump in the race for the GOP nomination. Trump served in, or Haley rather, served in Trump's administration as the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., leaving at the end of 2018 on good terms with the president. Haley publicly broke away from Trump following the January 6th, 2021 Capitol riot with statements condemning Trump for his words leading up to the event of that day as well as his persistence in declaring that the 2020 election was stolen from him in January. Trump said Haley called him to discuss the possibility of her running against him. He said he told her, quote, go by your heart if you want to. Uh, telling her that she should do it. Trump then appeared to take a dig at Haley, noting that she had previously publicly said she would not seek the White House run in 2024 if Trump ran again. The former president again took a mild shot at Haley in an interview with Hugh Hewitt earlier this month, saying Nikki suffers from something that's a very tough thing to suffer from. She's overly ambitious. The field of Republicans seeking the party's nomination is expected to grow significantly in the coming months. Rumored possibilities include, of course, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Haley's former South Carolina Carolinian Senator Tim Scott and other former Trump administration officials, including Mike Pompeo and Vice President Mike Pence. Bolton, I've heard his name also tossed around a bit there as well. I think by Bolton. Uh, So Nikki Haley jumping in. I think she as long as Trump is in the field. She's got some massive obstacles based off the positions that she's taken in the past. I, I just don't know how it is that you convince people who support Trump to choose you over Trump when you blamed Trump or put some blame on Trump for January 6th. I, I just don't know how it is ...that you are going to, to win those people over. Now, if Trump is out of the picture... ...then you are dealing with a different scenario. But that is just such a difficult thing to overcome, I think, for people... ...when they, when they see Trump being blamed... ...for the actions of individuals that apparently were coaxed along by folks working for the FBI they there's this sense that you are attacking me you're blaming me for it and it's very difficult to compartmentalize you know saying that focusing on and I'm sure she's not going to but she's going to be asked about it I mean this is going to be such a wedge that the media is going to drive uh, between these individuals and it's it's a bad position that somebody like Nikki Haley has put herself in because on the debate stage, they're all going to be asked this question. Do you think Trump's responsible for January 6th? They're going to do everything they can to get Republicans to accuse Trump of being responsible for an insurrection. And again, this is the position that they put themselves in. If they say no and they've in the past did indicate that it was, you know, Trump had some hand in responsibility, then they can accuse them of, you know, if it's Nikki Haley, for example, accuse her of changing her position in order to score political points. If she does hit out at Trump, then they can use that to alienate Trump voters from her and every one of these other candidates. Just mark my words. On the debate stage during the primaries, if Trump is up there, which I don't see any reason why he would not be, that is going to be a question they ask. Remember the question, what the the wedge question was um, uh, the last time that there was the primary? It was, will you support the Republican nominee, whomever it is? And Trump was the only one who wouldn't raise his hand. They thought, oh, we really got him here. And then, of course, immediately you had Republicans uh, signaling that if he did get the nominee, that he may not uh, get their vote. But it was all done in order to drive a wedge, to create a wedge. And and this time around, instead of do you uh, pledge to support the Republican nominee, whomever it is, the wedge question will be, do you think Trump holds some responsibility uh, for the riots on January 6th? It's going to come.
3: Just prepare yourselves. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey,
1: that is me. So, we are slowly moving into that spring season, believe it or not. And maybe you've noticed some things that need to be done on the outside of your home, one of which those items may be the roof. And you're not exactly sure who to call, or you know, you're kind of dreading that. Highly recommend calling my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. They make the process incredibly simple. They'll come out, they will give you a free roof. Inspection. They'll take tons of photos and videos so you can also see exactly what is going on on the top of your roof. And then uh, they'll get you scheduled. Maybe you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a roof repair. Either way, the Pyramid Roofing Company. They'll shoot you straight. They'll get you on their books and. Then you'll have a perfect roof as you move into that summer season. So if you do find yourself needing a new roof or a roof repair, highly recommend the Pyramid Roofing Company. You can find all of their contact information housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab.
0: Uh, Someone on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line said that his wife said the flooded mine was there before fire in the hole. Yeah, that could be. I'm sure it's not not that difficult to find out, but that sounds legit.
1: For someone who is a local, I really don't know that much history about Silver Dollar City.
0: Well, shame on you. I know, I know. Shame on you. I know. Okay. Uh, California's electric grid faces years of potential blackouts and failure as state leaders continue pushing aggressive measures to to force a transition to so-called renewable energy sources, policy experts tell Fox News Digital. In other words, they continue to run in. the the state of California into the ground. The governor of this state considered one of the most hopeful future presidential nominees of their party, the Democrat Party, Gavin Newsom. The state's grid, which is still maintained or mainly powered by fossil fuels, fuels, is undergoing a major shift from natural gas and coal power to renewable power like wind and solar, which, of course, take traditional power to build. Simultaneously, state officials are pushing an electrification of the economy, particularly in the transportation sector through electric vehicle mandate, which is uh, expected to increase pressure on the grid. This is one of the, of course, just absurd pushes that we get from the left. They are trying to force a transition to less reliable and more expensive electricity, while forcing people into buying vehicles that are run by that form of power. Going so far as to outlaw sales of vehicles that are not electric-powered vehicles by 2035. Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom said in a November announcement unveiling the world's first detailed pathway to carbon neutrality, which is a myth, California is drastically cutting our dependence on fossil fuels and cleaning our air. Not true. There is an article uh, that uh, CBS has, electric cars 2023 in some parts of the U.S. recharging now more costly than filling up. It focuses on the East Coast. And one of the folks that they interviewed, obviously not um, extremely pleased about the increase, but he said... I always thought it was hype. I didn't care that much, but it's so relaxing, talking about electric vehicles. It pushes all my buttons. It says convenient as gas cars. Well, not according to people who end up stranded. Good for the environment and fun to drive. Well, fun to drive is just a matter of personal preference, but they are not good for the environment. This is... One of the real sticking points of this entire discussion. It would be one thing if they were good for the environment. Then you could have a discussion as to whether or not forcing people down this pathway and causing this these problems with the electric grid and the what is expected to be the total collapse of it in states like California, uh, the, the rolling brownouts, the blackouts, all of those things, you could say, well, it's worth it because we're helping the environment. It's not helping the environment. Like so many other things that the left claims that they are against, the push towards electric vehicles embraces all of those things. It is not good for the environment. It does not make us less reliant on foreign countries. This puts us under more control from the communist Chinese because of the valuable minerals that are needed, the elements that are needed in order to develop the batteries. And what isn't in China, China has strongholds in Africa. and in one of those african countries the biden administration just signed a deal to with a country that still has slavery children slaves that work in these mines so not only are the policies of the democrat party regarding electric vehicles worse for the environment not only do they make us more reliant on other countries But they somehow managed to bring back the use of slavery into the vehicle market. From the party that virtue signals every which way but Thursday, this administration actively is utilizing slaves to push their electric vehicle agenda. You know, there was that film that came out some time ago, Blood Diamonds, didn't see it. But it made some waves to a degree, and people were wanting blood-free diamonds. I wonder if there will be any sort of film, any sort of uh, marketing effort to make people who purchase these, these electric vehicles that are, are being—the the, the components to them being mined by slaves— Whether or not there, there, there will be any sort of effort to illuminate that fact. Will there be any pushback from the left? Or I, I guess the left is going to have to decide here. What do they want more, an electric vehicle or to continue to be against slavery? Because with these deals that are being signed by the current administration, you can't have both. I mean, you're going to have to pick one or the other. You want your electric vehicles, you got your your supporter of slavery. Oh, and black slaves at that. Springfield's Talk 1041, i I'm Nick Reed.
3: Springfield's Talk 1041 is always just an app away. Download the KSGF app and listen live. Or catch what you missed on KSGF mornings with Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041.
0: Reason.com noted that um, the electric truck maker seen in the Super Bowl ad got $186 million in subsidies. Uh, Stellantis, one of the largest automakers on the planet, with billions in cash on hand, got a generous handout from the state of Indiana for choosing to build its battery manufacturing plant there. The, the, they were the, uh, the company that had a 62nd spot titled Premature Electrification. And it was a parody of a pharmaceutical ad. The all-electric version of the 40-year-old Ram will not be available until late next year, but it boasts of a 500-mile range between charges, which is currently unheard of for a truck. Reason notes it makes perfect sense that Stellantis A company with a market cap currently valued over $50 billion to shell out a few million bucks to promote its upcoming entrant into the high-tech electric vehicle market. What doesn't make sense is that some of those trucks will likely be made with considerable help from taxpayers. In May of 2022, the company announced a $2.5 billion joint development deal with Samsung SDI, in which the companies will build an EV battery manufacturing facility in Indiana. The factory, which is expected to begin production in early 2025, will supply battery modules for a range of vehicles produced at Stellantis' North American assembly plant. Uh, At the same time, Fox Business is reporting that the Biden administration is dangling $7.5 billion Tesla subsidy if Musk unlocks supercharging network. The story reads, Tesla founder Elon Musk could miss out on a major windfall if the company keeps its electric charging stations exclusive. President Biden's Department of Transportation is set to offer $7.5 billion in subsidies aimed at propagating electric vehicle charging facilities nationwide, Reuters reported, citing administration officials. The Department of Transportation intends to require beneficiaries of the massive subsidy package to conform to combined charging system standards. The CCS provides a standard for electric vehicles from different companies and brands worldwide, including Ford, Hyundai, Honda, General Motors, and more. Uh, So evidently what's happening here is you've got the Tesla has its own particular sort of charge, like like Apple products have their own charging cords. And there's seven and a half billion dollars in subsidies that the Biden administration is dangling in front of these companies, mainly Tesla, saying if you want some of these subsidies, then you need to change your electric charging port so that anyone can use them. What I find interesting about all this is this is the same president. That just a week ago railed against these massive corporations for receiving subsidies. Railed against massive corporations for, quote, not paying their fair share. We're told how bad they are, how evil they are, how horrible it is that the whole corporation, you know, pays less in taxes than a teacher does. Yet here they are. Praising. Promoting these sorts of very tax incentives that, in the end, result in these corporations, quote, not paying their fair share. Now, with the $186 million, that was specifically in Indiana, but these are the sorts of subsidies that the Biden administration, that the Democrats love. And now you're talking $7.5 billion in subsidies? What happened to these companies paying their fair share? What are we to tell the school nurses who are going to pay more in income taxes than these massive corporations do? You see, and some of you who are just beginning to pay attention to how all of this works, this can be a lesson. Learning experience. When the Democrats talk about the evils of corporations not paying their fair share, they are just positioning. They have no problem whatsoever using your tax dollars to subsidize these industries as long as they're industries that do what they want them to do. As long as these industries are favored industries. As long as these industries write checks to reelection campaigns. So when you're out there cheering, Uh them on because they're really talking about sticking it to the corporations. They're manipulating you. Now, by the way, any taxes that corporations pay, you actually pay. It is a hidden tax, if you will, it's oftentimes called. And it's it's a form of taxation that's very sneaky, it's very manipulative. And this is, what, this is how they control companies at the same time in this country. They say, yes, it's a free country, but if you want some of your money back or if you want some subsidies, you have to run things the way that you, that we want you to run them. By the way, that's sort of kind of the definition of fascism. For people on the left like AOC, who keeps throwing around that term, clearly not understanding what fascism is, this is what it looks like. The government telling corporations, oh, sure, you can be private. But we're going to tell you how you have to run the job. We're going to tell you how you have to run the industry.
3: Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041.
0: Don Carricker, Alex Carricker, Anthony Carricker, I want a great home loan.com for all of your home loan needs. That is your first stop shop. You want to head over there. Uh, I saw Anthony. I forgot to ask him about it uh, Friday, but I think it was Anthony. It was one of the characters that had made a posting uh, a couple weeks ago about how they had already, within a a short period of time, dealt with two folks who had been told that they were pre-approved by... Wherever it was that they went, and then when it really came down to it, were, well, oh, we didn't really officially pre-approve you. Sorry, we can't do that after all because we weren't aware of this or that. And they had been led to believe that they were in the clear, and so they immediately went to get taken care of uh, at I Want A Great Home Loan dot com. So just make that your starting point. All right, it's my recommendation to you. I Want A Great Home Loan dot com because you do wind advisory through tomorrow morning. Rain, wind today. Uh high of 58, 40 for a low overnight, 70 and sunny tomorrow, then much cooler, colder even Thursday, with a high of only 37, 42 Friday, and then into the 50s for the weekend. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, as they are now being called, the... President ordering U.S. officials yesterday to create an interagency team to investigate unidentified aerial phenomena after recently ordering military officials to shoot down four flying objects through North American airspace over the last 10 days. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said during a White House press briefing, the president through his national security advisor, has today directed an interagency team to study the broader policy implications for detection, analysis, and disposition of unidentified aerial objects that pose either safety or security risks. The announcement from NORAD comes amid national security concerns after U.S. officials shot down four objects over North America this month, including a Chinese spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina and three similar objects in Alaska, Michigan, and Canada. Kirby saying every element of the government will redouble their efforts to understand and mitigate these events. Kirby did say none of the three most recent objects American forces shot down posed a threat. Adding that no sign of communication or maneuvering or had any propulsion capabilities that were coming from the object. U.S. Senator Marco Rubio questioned why the Biden administration would create an agency he helped establish in 2021. Rubio said on Twitter, why is the White House creating a new interagency team to monitor, investigate, and report on unidentified aerial objects when we already have at DOD AARO, which we helped create over two years ago? The department, well, I mean, it is pretty standard government, right? Any opportunity to get bigger and... We need a new committee. Oh, we don't have this figure. It must be because we're lacking a committee. The Department of Defense announced last year the establishment of the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which partners with other U.S. federal departments and agencies to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest, including anomalies, unidentified space, airborne submerged, and transmedium objects in several areas of interest. Rubio, who serves on the Senate Intelligence Committee in 2021, proposed a bill that called for the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force after reports indicated objects were flying over the top of U.S. military installations. Rubio told TMZ at the time, My thing is very simple. We don't know what this stuff is. It's flying over the top of our installation, so let's find out. Kirby said during the press conference yesterday, Biden conducted the first ever daily intelligence briefing session devoted to this phenomenon in June of 2021 after noting that such unidentified aerial phenomena had been reported for many years without explanation or deeply examination by the government. Spokesperson for uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Monday... Is reported by NBC that Biden administration officials are scheduled to brief all U.S. senators on classified material about the unidentified objects on Tuesday morning. Now, that being said, um, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Mike Turner, with Neil Cavuto yesterday and Cavuto asking him what sort of updates – his committee has received from the White House. Um, Mr. Chairman, the the last time I believe you had a security briefing, and you're part of that group of eight who would get a a, a security briefing, concerned that balloon, right, the the Chinese balloon um, that we ultimately shot down over the Atlantic. Have you
2: had any briefings since concerning these other objects?
3: No, and it is absolutely frustrating because, you know, obviously, you know, our committee and our members and our staff have ways of communicating with the administration. You know, we're the committee that is supposed to be receiving, uh, you know, the intelligence that's being generated, the the notifications from the administration to Congress that are official about these types of of threats. and, And we're not hearing anything. Uh, which just shows you that the administration really doesn't have any idea what, what they're doing here. They're they're being reactive. They're reacting to the criticism that they've received. They don't have a policy. Um, and now, you know, they may be being trigger happy, but quite frankly, I'd rather them be trigger happy uh, than the permissive environment that they allowed when the Chinese balloon completed its mission across the United States. You know, I think
0: about um, Biden years ago, he made the comments about, shooting a shotgun out, out into the air. Remember that comment he made? He's talking about um you don't need a AR fifteen or you know, whatever his his remarks were at the time. And he's like, if somebody's oh messing around, you just shoot that shotgun in the air. And I just I don't know in my mind that's what Biden's doing. It's like just shoot everything down you can find. Uh, I believe it was um, a spokesperson from from NORAD noting yesterday that the reason we have gone, this is what they're claiming. It it may be true. I have no idea. That The reason that we are all of a sudden detecting and shooting down all of these unidentified objects is because of a setting change on radar that they had their settings not as sensitive as they could be, that they had their settings uh, uh, set so that smaller, slower-moving objects would not be detected. I don't know why. I guess because it's annoying. There, you know, things would pop up and blip it, and, and so they're like, that's annoying. Can we turn that off? Uh, and somebody at some point was like, yeah, you can change the setting on this thing. And so they changed the setting on it, and then, I, I suppose, subsequent to the Chinese spy craft, someone said, oh, maybe we should change that setting back to the way that it was. And that that's the reason, that, that these different objects, the three specifically, that were shot down, we say, uh, were objects that, you know, I mean, these things are there, they've been there, but we just didn't know it because of the setting change. It does seem to be very reactionary. It, it to me, and and this may not be the reality of what's going on behind the scenes, but it strikes me as well. We're, we just have to shoot everything down now. Just what you know, it's one extreme or the other. There doesn't appear to be any sort of uh, intellectual approach to the situation. It, it's you know, uh oh, we didn't shoot it down. The world, or the you know the the American people, did not react well to it. We looked bad because we didn't shoot it down. It looked like we were catering to the communist Chinese. So now anything and everything you see, just shoot it down, shoot it down, shoot it down. And as Congressman Mike Turner noted, that of the two options, underreacting or overreacting, he'd prefer that we overreact. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. commenting on just what latest developments
2: there have been. The safety and security of the American people is the president and the department's number one priority. And I want to reassure Americans that these objects do not present a military threat to anyone on the ground. They do, however, present a risk to civil aviation
3: and potentially an intelligence collection threat. And we'll get to the bottom of it. Same- All right,
0: so we're at least Lloyd Austin's position appears to be that it was necessary to shoot these down because they do pose a threat to civil aviation. Now, that being said, we're also being told. That these things for some time have existed, that this isn't anything unusual, it's just we weren't noticing it. Well, there. if that is the case, has this always been a danger to civil aviation? To the point of, I mean, right, there's levels of danger on a scale of 1 to 10. You got a 1, a 2, a 3, a 4, uh, scrambling our military fighter jets to shoot sidewinders at them to blow them out of the sky seems to be close to a 10 in terms of the level of danger that we think it is to to fire off missiles at or over $400,000 a piece incidentally the government is acknowledging that the most recent attempt to down successful we're told to down an unidentified object was a, the first Uh, missile that was fired off somehow did not hit it there's no word as to exactly where that missile went um, what happened to it and why it would be that something that we're told is not really any sort of danger is just these slowly floating objects yet we managed to with a 400 plus thousand dollar missile not be able to make contact with it couple more bits of audio coming up Springfield's talk 1041 I'm Nick Reed you're
3: listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's talk 1041
0: oh. hey. Sarah Myers
1: hey if you are anything like me you know time you don't have a lot of it anymore. Uh, In between my farm and my family and my friends and my little one, I just simply don't have time for things like home repairs. And oftentimes in the evening time, the husband and I we just kind of take a break and we relax and uh, we talk about different things that we kind of wish that were fixed around the house. You know, just offhand comments. And uh, we realize that we have a lot of smaller items that we just simply don't have time to fix. Uh, So who do we call for things like that? Well, that's why I want to recommend my friends over at Beatles property maintenance. First things first, Beatles is spelled B E A D L E S, and they do a variety of home repairs and maintenance. They can help you out with that small honeydew list of items that kind of piles up. You know, maybe your toilet's making a weird sound and you're thinking, oh, it's time to get a new one. Beatles can help you out with that. Uh, They can also help you out with lighting, uh, electrical work, plumbing, all of those items as well. Or if you do find yourself with a bigger home repair item that needs to be done, like mold remediation or crawl space repairs or vapor barriers, they can help you out with those items as well. So whether you find yourself uh, having a list of smaller items or um, just a big item, Beatles Property Maintenance is the company that you can call. Now you can find all of their contact information housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab.
0: Uh, N.S.C. spokesman Kirby, yesterday, uh, this question that it's due. people are talking about and is aliens. Could, could it be aliens? Albeit with her usual winning
2: smile, uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre seemed to rule out any extraterrestrial activity.
3: I don't um, think the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft, period. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said there.
2: Albeit with her You know, usual...
0: so the interesting thing, and she was asked about it, and she kind of joked about it, um, and that was the follow-up there. It, I, I must say I don't know... It's this is the first time that in my memory that you have at a a White House press conference. You got here. You have National uh, Security Council spokesperson John Kirby legitimately being asked about aliens. It's not some forum on UFOs. It's not. Uh, some town hall Q&A with former military officials, you have this question being legitimately asked. And while the answer, of course, you can just hear it, and the tone is anticipated to be one that is, no, we don't need to worry about it, it is an odd time. I'll tell you, when uh, you listen to the reports, get the radio on and you hear about an uh, unidentified object being shot down here, unidentified. And it is the way that I, those are the opening scenes of a mom driving the kids to school and the radio's on in the background and everything's fine, a normal day. And here on the radio, you notice they're talking about shooting down these unidentified objects and the government saying, no, there's nothing to worry about. This is pretty much how most of these stories start. Regarding border security, now this is uh, an interesting question Kirby was asked um, because we think of border as being on the ground, and clearly the -the on-the-ground border is not secure in any way, shape, or form other than in the ways that the drug cartels want it secured on the southern border, given that they are the ones with the operational control of the border. But when it comes to the borders of the sky,
3: how secure are they?
2: Uh, When it comes to these higher altitudes... Are America's borders secure?
3: The President uh, takes, uh, as I said earlier, he takes uh, our national security uh, extremely seriously. He has no higher responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. And I don't think you need to look any further, quite frankly than the decisions he's made in just the last week to 10 days uh, to evidence that. But it feels
2: like he's plugging holes, like these are vulnerabilities that we are discovering in real time. You're
3: making an assumption there that I don't know that the I don't know that the analysis will actually bear out.
0: So I didn't actually answer the question there other than saying that Biden's reaction within this week long period is evidence or two weeks. I suppose it's been at this point um is evidence that he really has a handle on things uh ranging from allowing what we knew operationally was stealing information from our military installations and allowing it to float over all of these military installations waiting until it's over the ocean to shoot it down which to me seems like that's the worst place possible if you're hoping to gather up i mean we're still trying to find pieces of it uh so ranging from that to shoot down anything and everything that you possibly see uh that that is the the steady hand of calculated uh leadership that we're told indicates that joe biden definitely has everything under control
3: you're listening to nick reed in the morning on springfield's talk 1041
2: hey everybody
0: garage experts boy they are experts Uh, the three p's they lead with that product process the people and I can attest to you, they do a, just a fantastic job. And still, even when I walked out this weekend into the garage, and yeah, just thinking, man, I am so glad. I cannot imagine going back to having a regular garage, particularly when it comes to the flooring. And that is something that that they told me from the beginning, that folks who have... Uh, garage experts uh, take care of their garage floor with that that high-level epoxy flooring with hundreds of color schemes to choose from. Anytime they move, that is one of the first things they do is have them back to do their new garage. And I, without question, believe that because I know it's one of the first calls I would make. Find out what they can do for you, garageexperts.com. You can also find them under Nick's endorsements at (laughs) ksgf.com.